welcome back to uh, our little Renaissance show. Uh, how you doing, buddy? Doing great. How are you? Oh, I'm good. I'm good. Looking forward to getting stuck into talking about one of the giants of uh, Western civilization, one of the intellectual giants, certainly of uh, Christianity, mm-hmm. uh, or at least that's how he's how he's right. known as uh, Augustine of Hippo, yes. aka Saint Augustine. And I just want to say, if that's the bar to be a saint, right? I, I reckon we're, I can be a saint. We're in. We're <laughs> yeah. in. Yeah. Sign me. Sign me up. Low bar. Low yeah. bar to be a saint. Anyway. <laughs> Last week, last time, this is episode 13, in case anyone's wondering. In, in, in our last episode, we talked about the the infamous sack of Rome. Not the sack of <laughs> Ray. That's <laughs> the sack of Rome. Wasn't sure where you were going with that one. The um, Goths, led by their king Alaric, mm-hmm. finally got sick and tired of being <laughs> dicked around constantly by uh, Honorius... Uh, and Theodosius before him, his father, and they finally just just walked into Rome and uh, savaged the place. There was rape, there was torture, there was pillage. Right. Uh, they took a lot of the wealth out of Rome, and then uh, after three days of uh, your raping and your torturing <laughs> and your pillaging, yeah. Bill Cosby went home. Oh, I'm sorry. No, uh, Alaric. We were talking about here. No, found guilty uh, in all Cos- three counts. Yeah, yeah. Bill Cosby's been found guilty. He's going to spend the rest of his life in prison. Uh, which fucking I can't wait for the prison album, the Bill Cosby prison album. <laughs> Jesus, Jitsy! you know. You know what happened in the shower. You think you got Whoa. problems? Look at my toilet. <laughs> but I don't know. I can't do Cosby. <laughs> Camille, give me the soap. Can't bend over to get the soap. I can't do him either, but fucking, yeah, the cause. He deserves wow. it after all he did. What the fuck? Anyway. Let's be, so after three days of raping and torturing and pillaging, Alaric and the Goths left Rome. Um, they had had their fill um, of the raping and the torturing and the pillaging. <coughs> the raping and the torturing and the pillaging. And uh, they, instead of heading for Ravenna, mm-hmm. where Honorius was, the, where the imperial court was, which is what I would have expected, right? he went, nah. And they went. They they turned south, and they went down to the south part of Italy. Now, now, why do you think they didn't head straight for Ravenna, Ray? Why 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 head south? I know you like to go down right. south. <laughs> uh, why did Alaric and the Goths go south? Yeah, well, uh, I think taking Rome is one thing. Taking Ravenna with all the swamps and the probably superior fortifications, because like you said, Ravenna has been the place, uh, the capital for quite some time. So I'm sure it's um. Uh, in a lot better position. From what I can gather, they're going to push their way south. And, and, and these aren't just a bunch of barbarians. They do have a cunning plan. I think overall they were going to head down the peninsula, go over to Sicily and Africa, and get control of the grain. Because if you control 
the uh, empire's grain, the Western Empire's grain, you control the empire, the empire, then you don't have to fight all the time. You can pretty much call the shots. So I think there was an overall master plan to this, but you're absolutely right. Alaric had been dicked around. I think we lost count at uh, how many times he's been lied to, and, and, and uh, they've reneged on so many promises. So this guy had enough. He took the city, but now I think he's got something bigger and better in mind. He's going to try to control the entire country by controlling the grain. Mm, very smart. Mm-hmm. He who controls the spice controls the universe. Exactly. He exactly. was going for the spice. Um, well, he, I think so he was. The, was I think he was the first Sicilian um, um, mafia guy. He, you know, pretty much his attitude was: "You won't give, I will take," and that's exactly what he's mm, going to do. Mm. Just when I thought I was out, <laughs> they dragged me back in. <laughs> So he was going to go to Sicily and then Africa, but just a few months after the uh, raping and the pillaging <laughs> and the torturing, Alaric died of an illness. Yeah. Only so much raping that you can do. And right. it, you know, it, it takes its toll, apparently. So, you know, I guess that's, that's good to know. We well, probably got the clap. Um, probably got the clap, yeah. Yeah. Um, now, according to legend, he was buried with his treasure by slaves in the bed of the Busento River. The slaves were then killed <laughs> to hide its exact location. Oh, come on, that sucks. I have to dig, I know. Uh, dig up. I have, to, I have to literally reroute this river. Okay, it's mm. going to be a lot of hard work, but I'll do it. I'll put the body in. Okay, do you want me to, to cover up the river now? Okay, I'll do that. Now what happens? Go bury the body and don't tell anyone where you've buried it. Don't even tell us. Then come straight back. But before you come straight back, just dig a, hole. Dig a few, dig three holes. Uh, <laughs> about yeah. about, about your height. About uh, your height. Not, you're a slave, so it's your job to ask what for. Just dig the fucking holes. And uh, now I remember... Um, uh, in the last episode, we were talking about one of the things he had demanded in, in terms of tribute from Rome was the, f- the, the slaves to be freed, Goth- barbarian slaves that yeah. were in Rome. And yet he's buried by slaves. So I, I, who, does, who is a Visigoth slave is what I want to know. Are, are they Romans? Does a Visigoth take Romans as slaves, Italians or Romans? Or... Does he have African slaves? I wonder who were their slaves. I mean, we know that you know in ancient Rome, your slaves come from anyone, anywhere where you conquered a sure. nation. They could be from anywhere. All over, yeah. Um, but so far, the Visigoths have. I mean, they've come, I guess, out of Germania through Gaul uh, into Italy. Um, I'm wondering who these slaves would be. Well, any, any insights into that? Uh, actually, Dr. I do. Harris? I do actually. It depends on on the. You're scale. from the south. You know all about slaves. <laughs> I can't, uncomfortable. Um, on a scale from one to ten, on the don't be a cut cut meter. If he's a ten, then he might use some of the people that he freed, which is a bit ironic. And and, it, and then you know it's worth a chuckle if you're that kind of person. But he probably grabs some Roman. I'm hoping they grab some Roman citizens because why fight the war and free all these people if you're just going to kill some of them? Hopefully, it was some Roman citizens or some some 
uh, slaves from there. Not there, not the Visigoths. Use them, kill them, and that way everything's fine. That's my guess, but it depends on how much of a cunt he was. Well, according to an alternate uh, version of events, he didn't die of a disease. He died during a siege of the town. Uh, in Calabria, which is where the Basento River is, right, southern Italy, um, and uh, he was indeed buried by Roman slaves. So he took slaves with him uh, when they left Rome. Yeah, someone's so, got to do the work. Yeah, yeah, I'd love to think they were senators yeah. uh, that he took as slaves. Right. Now here's a question for you: How do you bury somebody in a river? Um, well, you go up to the water and you go, shoo, 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 and it doesn't move. So then you have to use some very impressive, what I imagine, engineering to reroute the waterway. But that's as much as I know. I'm guessing here. Yeah, well, that's that's a good guess. That's exactly what they did, is oh, they used some hydraulic, the- hydraulic oh. engineering to divert the river, it's more, the Bocento is more of a tributary uh, of the uh, Krati River. So it's, it's, a, it's, it's more of a stream than a river, at least these days it is. I have a photo of it in front of me. It looks very, nice. like a very pretty part of Italy. Um, uh, so, yeah, they, they uh, diverted the river, dug a, a grave, right. um, chucked the body in, <laughs> re-diverted the, the river, the, didn't then they supposedly got, put in some of the treasure, some of his, some of the, um, some of his loot, treasure, yep, some of the booty, some of the loot, yeah, and then, uh, then, then the slaves were killed. <laughs> so sucks to be a slave. Um, it really does. I, I, I think you and I should uh, run a Kickstarter campaign right? to find a Larix treasure. Yes, we just, we just want to. We'll just start, just go and start digging up the river. Well, uh, when, when yeah. we're in Rome, and if it's not, mm. basically, if the people that are going with us aren't any fun, I just say we hire a car, we just drive south with some shovels and flashlight and some beer, mm. and uh, mm. we just go down there and start digging. I, mm-hmm. I, think, I think we'll find it. I think we will. Oh, you'll be digging some tunnels while we're in Italy, man, but that's not... Uh... I think it's not what the, I had in mind. The the other part we should mention was that um, after Rome was sacked uh, and uh, l- several other cities were sacked, Campania, Lucania, Calabria, Nola, that kind of Capua, um, they were going Calabria? to... Cala- Calabria? 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 Calabria. That's not the way we say it. <laughs> anyway, so... Um, don't hurt my feelings. Um, so they were going back. They were going south. They tried to cross the Strait of Messina, but there's a big storm. It wrecks a lot of the ships. And supposedly, we don't know where or when, but like you said, Al- Alaric either gets wounded or killed during a siege or he catches a bug or whatever, but he ends up dying. And so they have to deal with this stuff. And this is uh, in the summer of uh, in, in um, late 410. And... Um, this man is gone, but again, hit all the damage that he had caused. Uh, this is not helping the Romans, Romans at all, but King Alaric, who has affected their history for the last, I don't know, two decades, is now gone. And he is replaced as King of the Goths by his brother-in-law, Ataulf. <laughs> Sounds Norwegian. And Ataulf, yeah. Ataulf says, let's go to Gaul. Let's pick up our shit. 
forget this whole Sicily Africa thing. Yeah. I'm done, done fighting. Fuck the Romans. Let's go to Gaul and just get on with life. My brother's, my brother-in-law's dead. Our great king is dead. I've had enough of the raping and the torturing and the pillaging, <laughs> and we're going to go to Gaul, which they do. And in yeah. four fourteen, a few years later, yeah. Atta Ulf, king of the Goths, marries Honorius's sister, mm-hmm. Theodosius's daughter. Wow. And, and the time and she they, was taken away, she was around 20 years old, so she's certainly probably looking pretty good for a princess, mar- marriageable age, childbearing age. So, yeah, so they hook up. Hopefully it was true love. True love, and they lived happily ever after <laughs> until he died a year later in 415. Well, uh, true love. And then, and then the Goths in Gaul set up the Visigothic Kingdom. Yeah. In 418, under the king with a very uh, hard to, to hard to believe name, King Wally. Bow before your bow before your Lord Wally. Now, uh, what does Visigoth mean, Ray? Visi, um, vision, goth, black. They see nothing but black. No, I don't know. What does it mean? <laughs> Like me, I don't see race. I just see everyone as black. <laughs> I'm a busy goth. Yeah, I'm a killer. <laughs> well, uh, they think that Visi means west, so they're the uh, western goths versus mm. Ostrogoths, which means east, the eastern branch of the uh, goths. Gotcha. Um, so, yeah, so the, the Visigoth kingdom under King Wally. Uh <laughs> Uh, like I'm not sure I could I could ever bow down before somebody called uh, King Wally. Uh, just <laughs> no. doesn't sound no, um, no. no right. Like uh, I'm not sure I could get behind that. <laughs> could you get? Could you? Could you respect somebody called <sighs> King Wally? I could probably nod my head, but that's as far down mm. as I'm going for a Wally. Mm, mm, yeah. Mm. Yeah. I mean, his name was Walia, but, uh, but real still. name Walia. Well, there was another. There was another king. Another king before him, Sigeric, brother of Sarus. Uh, he only lasted seven days before he was murdered, and then he was replaced by King Walia. King Wally, Big but, Wall. But, did you hear what Sigeric did in his very short reign? He did a bad. Uh, oh, he did a bad thing. No, what yes. did he do? He had Ataos six children by a previous marriage. All killed, which, believe it or not, caused some slight consternation. He's killed, and then Walia, whatever his name, uh, who is a relative of Altaus, comes um, becomes the king. Then, so yeah, so there's there's some uh, some shuffling going on, but uh, uh, the relative of um, Altauf is back on the throne. And uh, after apparently uh, after Sigeric killed Atoyov's six children, he forced Atoyov's widow Galia Placidia, Honorius's sister, Theodosius's daughter, to walk twelve miles on foot amongst a crowd of prisoners, um, naked. No, she wasn't naked. That was Game of Thrones. But yeah, walk a shame. He did right. Uh, you remember that he uh, Saurus and Alaric. You know, Saros attacked Alaric at one stage. They they were competitors in the Visigoth kingdom. Anyway, 
So now we have King Wally. King, King, Big Wall. Big King Wall. Uh, w. Name of a fam- famous w. Australian footballer, uh, rugby player, King right. Wally. who's the captain of the Australian rugby team. Don't, you know, you know, I don't give a fuck about sport, but <laughs> King Wally is actually the name of a, That's nice. what he's known as. He's called right. King Wally here because we're a bunch of stupid cunts in this country. We, 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 we care about sportsmen. Sport. We care about... Yeah. People we're putting in concentration camps on Pacific Islands. <sighs> anyway, gotta have King, priorities. Gotta have priorities. King, King Wally is now uh, the ruler of the Gothic Kingdom in Gaul, and it lasts for three hundred years. Yeah, yeah. Um, which, now, on, Honorius finally. Sorry, go ahead. No, after you. Oh, you're so sweet. No, I was just going to say, obviously, that kingdom, which is in southeastern Gaul, if I remember correctly, I'm trying to remember somewhere in the south, if it can last that long and Rome is not that far away, or excuse me, Italy is not that far away, then obviously the power of of the uh, Roman Empire is diminished greatly. Yeah, Honorius finally pulled his finger out his ass and did a deal with them. Uh, used them to help kick out the Vandals and the Suevi out of Hispania. Uh, so they, they they have a pact now. Um, you stay in Gaul, we'll stay over here, and all right, we've just lost half our empire, but that's okay. <laughs> Um, uh, because it's good. We weren't using we weren't using it anyway. It was it's just gonna be good. There, right. It's gathering dust. Julius Caesar went to a lot of trouble to conquer it. But uh, we've extracted most of the wealth out of it yeah. uh, since then, and uh, it's all right. You have it. Yeah. Now, as for Rome itself, obviously it's devastated. The population, check these numbers out. In, in 408, just mm-hmm. after the sacking, the population was uh, – no, just before the sacking, sorry. Uh, the population was 800,000 people estimated in Rome. 419, 10 years later, it's down to 500,000. Wow. Now, I don't know if you know much about populations, but that's not the way they're supposed to go. <laughs> no, they're supposed to go up, no. not down. Ah. Uh, ah. Yeah. They went down. Um, land taxes dropped anywhere from one-fifth to one-ninth of their pre-invasion value. <sighs> Um, so somewhere between, let's say, you know, 10 and 10 and 20%. Um, so it's just been, it's devastated. Rome is devastated by this. It's the first time, as we pointed out, I think in the last episode that Rome had been attacked in almost 800 years. Yeah. And it just reveals that the Western Roman empire militarily is now up for grabs. Did you run across the uh, term aristocratic munificence? Oh, no, but I love it. Please tell me more. So not only does the uh, land value, the land taxes drop, but um, aristocratic munificence, which is where the local rich guys taking their example, all the going all the way back to Caesar and Augustus. You know, support local buildings, build things, build maybe um, a gymnasium or whatever for the uh, for the bathhouse, that kind of thing. Maybe a library or, or just something, you know, to help temples, to help out the local. And, of course, the, these people get their names on it, so they get something out of it. But the point is, local rich guys would help support the towns that they were in. It's a win-win for everybody. The state doesn't have to put out the money. The person gets their name on the building, and everybody's happy. But that pretty much 
comes to an end after the sack of Rome. So all of, all of these rich guys, and, and I can imagine even the people in or near Rome are like, if they can afford to pull up stakes and leave, they're probably going to because Rome is no longer invincible. But people pull out, people leave, people run away. The rich quit spending money. They quit injecting their excess cash into the, into the, uh, to the currency and it just it's just uh just like the population it just starts spinning and going the wrong way everything is going down value is going down less money is out there less jobs out there it's really the beginning of a shit an economic shitstorm for these people economic social cultural mm-hmm. shitstorm military yeah um yeah now you can imagine that People, not just in the Western Roman Empire, but in the Eastern half of the empire as well, everyone views Rome as the eternal city. It's mm-hmm. the symbolic heart of the empire. Even though the imperial court is in Ravenna, Rome is Rome, man. You know, all roads lead to and that kind of shit. And um, it's been destroyed. Now, it's important to think about the timing of this. Uh, so Theodosius as we will recall, in 490, thereabouts, uh, makes Christianity the sole sanctioned religion Mm -hmm. of the Roman Empire. Um, And within 20 years, so they they, they officially stop sacrificing to the traditional gods. Um, It's banned on pain of death to sacrifice to the traditional gods. And then within 20 years, Rome gets sacked by other Christians. I have to point out, again, keep in mind that the quote-unquote barbarians, the Goths, (laughs) were Christians. Right. Something that uh, doesn't get brought up a lot. Christian on Christian rape. That's, you know, that's my my favourite kind of porn. (laughs) Did I say that? Shit. That's bad. I don't mean that. Don't send me. I will totally edit that out. No, I won't. I want to go back for a second and just mention (laughs) that... uh, um, Honorius's sister, uh, Placidia and Altaluf, or however you freaking say his name, during their brief, wonderful, loving marriage, they had one son that we know of, and they decided to call him Theodosius. Unfortunately, he dies a uh, very young age. Something happens. I think he was probably less than two years old before he dies. And years later, as we're going to find out, his body is exhumed and sent to the- <laughs> Wait, what do you mean? Something happens. Well, we know. I, I, I we just said what that something was. He no, got no. murdered. No, that part. Yeah, no, that's not what I'm talking about. The, no, here, here's the part. Um, this no, little boy's in the continue. ground. He's dead. He's buried. Eventually, his body is going to be moved to the old, uh, the Imperial Mausoleum at, at uh, St. Peter's Basilica because the status of his mother is about to change significantly. And I'm not sure how far we're going to go into the timeline. I just thought that was pretty interesting that this woman, Placidia, is not done yet. She, she, uh, she goes on to some, some greater things. Placidia, oh, Placidia, oh, have you seen Placidia? <laughs> Placidia, Pla- the Pla- lady. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, getting back to the pagans and the Christians. Yeah. Um, so the, 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 this is a big deal. You imagine that you're living in... Rome, uh, or anywhere in the empire, quite frankly, uh, around about for 10, and, you know, you're, you're a pagan, and mm-hmm. the Christians have been celebrating for 20 years uh, about how, you know, their God's better than all your right. God's, and their God's made them ruling the empire, and blah, 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 right. 
And then, you you know, you, the capital of your empire gets destroyed by these uh, invaders. Um, it's not a good look for Christianity. Right. And... Um, there were, you know, we'll get into how St. Augustine tried to defend that, but one of his students uh, also was a defender of it, a guy called uh, Big Paulie, Paulus Orosius, uh, Paulie Walnuts was his, his uh, what most people call Stage him. Stage name. He was, a, he was a Christian priest and theologian, student of Augustine's. Um, he wrote uh, a book which was very influential throughout the Middle Ages called The Seven Books of History Against the Pagans. Mm-hmm. And um, the way that he positioned the sacking of Rome was that it was uh, God's wrath against a blasphemous city. Right. You know, basically he was saying, listen, there were too many people secretly still being pagany uh, in Rome. In your heart. And you'd been pagany for, for a thousand years. And so, so God finally got sick of that. <laughs> Uh, why did he wait until 20 years after it was a Christian city to, to let this happen? Who knows? It's the a mis- ways mystery. Of God. Yes. yes. Yeah. Well, because you hadn't fully accepted Jesus into your hearts. Right. Uh, he gave you 20 years to do it after, you know, Theodosius made it official. He still hadn't done it. Um, so God did this to punish the pagans, but it's only through God's benevolence that it wasn't more severe than it actually was. Could have been a lot worse. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. So, so, so sure. <laughs> God, God let our city be attacked, but it could have been a lot worse. It's like saying, sure, God let thousands of little kids die in Africa from starvation. Right. But hey, it could have been worse. You know, they could have had AIDS and then died. Right. So right. you know, uh, he's a merciful God. Because he only let them starve to death, he he right. he he only let us get raped and tortured and murdered. Uh, you know, it could have been worse. He could have made us watch reruns of <laughs> of uh, uh, fucking Two and a Half Men before he had us raped and tortured. It could have been worse. Just remember that he's a merciful God. It can always be worse. And I guess you have to remember that God uses a broadsword. And not a rapier. So, yeah, so when he punishes um, a city or certain people in the city, the tendency is for the entire city to suffer, but he gave them 20 years, like you said. So that's Big Paulie's uh, uh, explanation. I don't know if that uh, carries a lot of water, uh, personally, Mm. but um, (laughs) this is, you know, an idea that Augustine himself, as we'll see in a minute, goes to extreme lengths. Uh, to justify that, hey, it could have been worse. Right. That's the, that's the, that's the Christian that's fucking That's my argument. motto. Hey, could have been worse, you know? It could always uh, be worse. Sure, God, God's a cunt. He let that happen, but he could have been a bigger cunt, basically, and uh, we should be grateful that he only let it go so far. I and will, this is, yeah. this is this, sorry, this, this amuses me because I get into debates with Christian friends often on Facebook Happened recently over some Augustine stuff. They say, no, 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 you don't understand. Christianity is all about love. Jesus, love. God, love. God it's all about love. love. Yeah. It's love. I'm like, yes. And 10%. So why did St. Augustine say that uh, God uh, allowed the Romans, Christians, to get raped, tortured, and murdered 
uh, because they weren't, you know, righteous enough. That, that is that love? Yeah, well, yeah. It's hard love. No, that's, that's hardcore love. Hard love. <laughs> oh, that's a, that's a, that's, a, that's, I like the sound of that. Okay. Hard <laughs> love. No, you know what kind of love it is? It's not hard love. What is it? It's, it's soul love. something you were saying that yeah that, that this is a big deal and we shouldn't just fly right by it but you can only imagine what oh, the people in the what oh we're not gonna fly no, right by it right. we're gonna do three episodes about it buddy absolutely so uh, no, right so what i'm saying is the eastern empires probably got to be looking over there you know they're getting the news of all this and going what the hell is going on over there because as we've covered in previous episodes i think if not we'll get to it soon the east to a certain degree has already thought that they have dealt with their um barbarian problem by more direct method um uh i really can't remember what we covered but the point is they've got to be shocked that you know like you were saying the cultural center of where this all started at is now in ruins so again this this is like news that is going to just go all over the known world because it is such a big deal so you've got the the pagans in rome saying see this is what happens when you stop sacrificing to the pagan gods mm-hmm. you've got the catholics led by Augustine and, and and big Paulie Walnuts saying, no, 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 no. See, this was God punishing both the pagans and the Christians in Rome for not being righteous enough. Um, but it could have been a lot worse. He's a loving God. He's a merciful God. It could have been a lot worse. He The only reason it's not a lot worse is because he's a good God. But then, of course, you've got to imagine that the Aryan Christians, the Goths themselves, right. are like, see, this see? is proof that our version of Christianity <laughs> is the right version of Christianity. Arian. Because it because he let us sack your motherfuckers, you stupid fucking Catholics. You got it all wrong, you Trinitarians. He let us win. Therefore, right. that's proof that Aryan Christianity is actually the right version. 
Um, something which Augustine fails to bring up in uh, City of God, which we'll get into. Now, only a few years earlier, St. Ambrose, remember him? Mm-hmm. Ambrose of Milan, the bishop, had, <laughs> had written a book called Defy Day. Day is about his dog, Fido. Right. Uh, he loved this fucking loved dog, Fido. Dog. Right, could not get enough of it. No, it's on. Means it's Latin for on faith, defy day. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and, and in this book, he makes this whole case about how uh, victory in war was all you know for the Romans was all due to the fact that the Nicene Creed, the Trinitarian Creed, was uh, the one that God oh, loved. Right. That the uh, non-Nicene Christians were always losing battles because they insult God through their heresy. He wrote a whole book saying, you know, Jesus loves us more than you guys. That's why we win. Right. Uh, Quote from the book that I like. The army is not led by military eagles or the flight of birds, but by your name, Lord Jesus, and your worship. So uh, you got to imagine that Ambrose is feeling pretty, (laughs) pretty silly around 410. Or he would have been, but he died in 397. Whew. Um, Dodged a bullet there. Yeah. Yeah. So that, uh, so much for that theory. Right. <laughs> God. Oh, my God. So, yeah. So, so Rome. Sorry, go ahead. So Rome lost its wealth, lost its status, but, you know, they kept going. Um, uh, you know, they, they, they soldiered on. Um, but uh, Zosimus, who's a Greek pagan historian who lived in Constantinople uh, towards the end of the 5th century, so, you know, 80, 90 years after the sack of Rome. Right. He wrote a book where he believed that Christianity um, had had weakened the empire as a result of uh, abandoning the, the ancient gods, the traditional rites, the sacrifices. Mm-hmm. And that the the poor decisions that the imperial government had made that contributed to the sack of Rome were due to a lack of the care of the traditional gods, keeping an eye on the, the throne. Yeah. And you have to think that that makes a lot of sense. Uh, if you're a pagan in the 5th century, yeah, man. Like, we worship the traditional gods and Rome was inviolate. Uh, for uh, for eight hundred years, yeah, um, we stopped worshiping. Him, boom, we're Beat fucked that. up the ass without Vaseline. So With the hot poker, you got to think this is a bad, bad time for the Christians. How do you defend that? Well, we'll find out. Yeah. Um, how much? Excuse me. <clears throat> how much? I have a little bit of information about. Um, uh, Gallia, when she comes back, because she's going to be traded, Honoris is going to um, have his magister Militum Constantius make a deal because the Visigoths are, are struggling with uh, with um, starvation. So they're going to make a peace treaty. They're going to trade some food. And Placidia is going to be returned back to her brother and back to the Western Empire. Okay. I have nothing on that. I'm going to get into Augustine. So if you want to talk about that in more detail, you should do so. All right, cool. So, so she, she's back home now and she's still relatively young. Now at this point, I'm going to just hit the highlights, just, you know, what, what is relevant to the, uh, to religion and things like that. The Pope 
Zosimus dies in December of 1418, and right away there's a rivalry for the new pope's position. There's fighting. One pope tries to lead troops to take the Basilica of St. John Lateran. There's fighting. Popes are exiled. Anyways, they finally are able to calm that down. And in 421, Constantius, the Magister Militum, is now made co-ruler with Honorius, who still doesn't have his own children. He doesn't have any children. So Constantius is now Constantius III. <clears throat> and they, and um, he ends up marrying Placidia. Excuse me, I'm sorry. <clears throat> he ends up marrying Placidia, and they have a child together. And Placidia is made Augusta. She's the only empress in the West. But later on that year, Constantius III dies. This is 421. Two years later, Honorius dies in 423. Um, There's a whole bunch of fighting going on, civil war, backstabbing. They get some Huns involved. But the point is, Placidia is the regent from 425 to 437 for her child, which is also called Constantius III. So for a while, they actually have a female regent ruling what's left of the... um, of the Western Empire. Did we want to talk about, did we already cover Arcadius, the Eastern Empire? I honestly can't remember. Uh, well, we talked about it a little bit. I mean, how much do you want to talk about it? Let, let me, let me just, what did you want to talk about? Yeah, let me just give the ending because this is a guy, there's a guy in the story that rivals to some degree St. Augustine. So Arcadius is the emperor in the East. His name is Flavius Arcadius Augustus. He's the eldest son of Theodosius the Great. He's 18 years old when it comes to power. Now, as we talked about in the last couple of episodes, he's not the one who's really in charge. Flavius Rufinus, Rufinus is the real power behind the throne. But Rufinus is going to be replaced by Eutropius, um, who's another um, magister militum. And, but Arcadius gets married to a woman. She makes him kick out Eutropius in 399. Um, and then she, she, through her husband, has all the remaining non-Christian temples destroyed throughout Constantinople. And then this person is replaced by John Chrysostom, I'm probably saying it long, wrong, but he later later on becomes a saint. And this guy is very important. He's one of the early church fathers. He's right up there with St. Augustine, and he is the second person, he, he only, only second to St. Augustine, does all of the stuff that he wrote survive. So he's a big deal, even though I've never heard of him before. But he is known for preaching about, and public speaking, about... Um, um, telling people not to abuse their authority. It doesn't matter if you're a priest. It doesn't matter if you're a political leader. We all need to, we're all here to serve these people. We're here to be like Christ. We all need to do a better job. And there's a, there's a book, a work called the divine liturgy of St. John Chrysostom, which is, um, he wrote most of it. And it is the most celebrated divine liturgy, liturgy or mass of the Byzantine rite. So he was a pretty big deal. But again, the wife is not happy. She gets him kicked out for somebody else. But the point is, uh, she ends up dying, giving uh, in child uh, in childbirth. She she has a miscarriage. She dies. Arcadius pretty much backs off the throne. He doesn't want anything to do with ruling. His he's devastated. <clears throat> Another person is put in charge, and this guy passes even more laws about curtailing paganism, punishing and coming down hard on the Jews and heresy and that kind of stuff. And I think this is what we covered before, but the court officials throughout all of this time are having their own trouble with the Goths, the barbarians. So they sneak attack a lot of them. They wipe them out within the city. They chase them out of there. They chase them into Thrace. They hunt them down. They slaughter them. And so they, as far as the Eastern Empire is concerned, they feel that their barbarian problems are handled for now because they've 
killed a whole bunch of them. They'd even chased them down and killed all their families. And to celebrate this, they're going to build a temple on one of the hills in Constantinople. But uh, Arcadius dies at the age of 31 in 408. But so, so theoretically, the Eastern Empire is secure because they wiped out the barbarians who were trying to, you know, trying to rise through the ranks within the court. But the West has obviously the West has had much worse problems with their barbarians. But the East considers itself relatively safe. Yeah, Chrysostom, uh, John Chrysostom, by the way, Chrysostom means golden-mouthed. Nice. Um, <clears throat> not because he liked, uh, no. you know, golden showers right. in his mouth. I don't think it's, it's I don't no, think it was now that. Now we're judging. I don't know. because he was eloquent. Right. Um, <clears throat> yeah, he was very influential, as you say, and, and, um, in large part, well, one of one of the things that I know him mostly for was he hated the Jews <clears throat> and particularly Judaizing Christians. So remember um, that you know in the very early days of Christianity, I'm talking Paul, Peter, James, mid first century. Yeah, there was this debate going on about whether or not Christians were supposed to be Jews or not Jews, and and it seems like all of the early Christians outside of well, even uh, outside of Paul, but including Paul originally, thought that you had to be a Jew to be a Christian. You had to be circumcised, you had to eat kosher food, you had to obey the laws of the mm. Torah. Um, and then Paul uh, says, nah, fuck all that shit. If you're, if you're a Gentile, you don't have to worry about it. Just do whatever you want. Um, just say Jesus is Lord, boom, it's all good. <laughs> but um, in, in Chrysostom's time uh, and Augustine's time, so late, fourth, early fifth century, there was still a lot of Christians, big Christian communities who who did stick to this fact that you had to be Jews in different parts of, uh, particularly in, in the eastern part of the empire. And uh, and they were sucking um, the, the a lot of the Christian congregations out, like Chrysostom was losing um Members of his congregation that were that were going, you know what? Yeah, we think we think these guys are probably right, you know, because mm-hmm. like if you read the Bible, you know, kind of says you got to be a Jew. Right. So we're going to go be Jewish Christians. Um, and he was like, "Ooh, fuck that shit!" Yeah. So he uh, he went he went on the war path, denounced Jews and Judaism and Christians. So yeah, that was that's what I mostly know him for. Very influential. Also hated the gays. Um, yeah. He, he wrote, uh, all of these affections then were vile, but chiefly the mad lust after males. For the soul is more than suffer in sins and more dishonoured than the body in diseases. The men have done an insult to nature itself. And a yet more disgraceful thing than these is it when even the women seek after these intercourses who ought to have more shame than men. So uh, even lesbians, he didn't like. Dang. Like, like what? What kind of what kind of man doesn't like lesbians? <laughs> Come like, please, on. exactly. What is wrong? What is wrong with? Do you know how hard we have worked to convince wes- women that it's okay to uh, do lesbian yeah. stuff? And you know, that's it's taken us a long time. And to let me videotape don't fuck it. that. What? Don't what? Take, fuck that shit up for us, John. I, I wanted to mention one other thing. Did I bring up the Theotokos versus Christotokos debate? I don't believe you did, Ray. Please enlighten us. Okay, mm, uh, look uh, at this, everybody. Everyone, 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 pay attention. Ray, 
is going to uh, say something. I'll, I'll make this short and sweet. So, um, so Arcadius is dead. His son takes over Theodosius II. Obviously, he's a very young boy. He's when his father dies. He's only seven years old. Officially, his name is Flavius Theodosius Junior Augustus. And we're going to skip all the stuff, the, the palace intrigue or whatever. He's because he's such a young person. He's dominated by a whole bunch of people. But he eventually grows up, and in 425, he founds the University of Constantinople, and it is going to have 31 departments or 31 chairs, 15 in Latin and 15 in Greek. So again, they, they, they recognize that the, uh, the importance of both of keeping both alive. So they're, so they're, they're about intellect, even though they have the, the Christianity going on, they're still taking this stuff very seriously. And this university is going to teach law, philosophy, medicine, arithmetic, geometry, astronomy, music, and rhetoric. But then a debate comes up. There's a uh, theological debate. There's this one group, the Theotokos group that says Mary, the mother of Jesus, should be called Theotokos, the giver, birth giver of God. Christ had been born a man. But then the Christotokos argument comes up and they say, no, she should be called Christotokos because she's the birth giver of Christ, because an internal being cannot have been born. That doesn't make any sense to them. So they have a council, like Christians always do, and in the first council, the Theotokos wins, the birth giver of God won the argument, so they, she should be called the, the Theotokos. They have two more councils, priests are exiled, priests are tortured, the civil war, there's fighting, people are banished, some people are accused of separating the godness from the humanity of Christ, others are accused of merging them, so you can't make anybody happy. But finally, the council of Chalcedon in 451, one year after Theo II dies, they proclaim that Jesus is perfect both in deity and in humanness. This self-same one is also actually God and actually man. So they agree to disagree. They come up with this common statement that they all can get behind. They still to this day disagree. They just don't kill each other anymore. But the important thing is that even though with this inner turmoil in the Eastern Empire, Christianity dominated paganism is pretty much snuffed, stuffed out through violence and laws and prescriptions and things like that. But to this day, that that is still a subject of debate for, for some of the churches in Constantinople. Wow, yay. It's the, it's the important stuff <laughs> that they like to kill each other I was, over. I was going to say, I mean, this is so high level. The person on the street doesn't know, doesn't give a fuck, is going on with their life. And these guys are going at each other. I mean, people were killed and tortured. Mm. Who, mm. who cares? But, but, but Christianity's all about love, Ray. It's all about <laughs> love. love to win. And I love. I get in these arguments with with, the, with Christian friends. They go, "You don't understand. It's all about love." I go, "But Christians killed other Christians over names." Yeah, and they're like, "Yeah, well, they weren't real Christians." Oh, oh I see. So they thought they were, of the, but they weren't. All of the popes and the archbishops and all of these guys that ran Christianity weren't real no. Christians. Care holders. Uh, the the people that invented Christianity weren't real Christians. Only you are a real right. Christian. Right. Okay, right. I get it. Yeah. Yeah, good one. Um, <clears throat> well... Look, um, I think just just to wrap up this episode, um, you know, the, the, so this is going on in the east, in in the west, the, you know, the pagans and the and the the Catholics and the 
the Arians are all going at it. Who whose argument for why Rome was destroyed is is uh, the the best one. Right. As we'll see, I think we'll leave Augustine to the next episode. He writes um, the city of God against the pagans. The full title usually just called the city of God because <laughs> Sounds the better. against the yeah the against the pagans bit. Uh, people choose to call that. Yeah, let's just let's just drop the. By the way, if you've seen our new Barry and Stan coffee I mugs. I love it. Love it. Classy. Uh, yeah. Shout out to Kieran who uh, did those for us. Um, yeah. The, the back, get your, if you haven't seen that, go up to uh, our Redbubble site. Just Google Redbubble Life of Caesar. Have a look at our Barry and Stan mugs. Get yourself one of those. Um, you know, it's the greatest advertising agency in history established. <laughs> 331 BCE, as it says on the mug, and um, most people never heard of it. it. You know, you'll have lots of opportunities for great discussions, uh, talking about Barry and Stan around the office. Um, uh, <laughs> so me- meanwhile, while all this is going on, the Roman army is becoming increasingly disloyal to the empire. Uh, large landowners, more and more, are basically becoming laws unto themselves, mm-hmm. Ignore the, the, the emperor's weak. Uh, the military doesn't do what the emperor says so much anymore, uh, and so the large landowners uh, in Rome and and in different regions of Italy are going like, well, f- fuck this. This right. obviously shit. Shit's going to hell in a handbasket. Uh, we need to look after our own, and we need to start consolidating power ourselves. It's a bit like what's happening in the United States at the moment. Um, the elite are like, okay, well, let's let's forget the farce that there's a government and a democracy. It's every man Just for himself. It. Ships, Titanic's going down. <laughs> Everyone, gra- grab the push the child grab out of the, the boat. Yeah, <laughs> grab as much uh, silver cutlery as you can, and uh, you know, women and children in the water. Like grab I've, yourself a lifeboat. Right. Um. And so this is obviously the beginning of the end uh, or the, the, the end of the beginning of the end or the beginning wow. of the end of the beginning of the end <laughs> of the Roman Empire as we know it. So you've got the wealthy aristocrats now, as you said before, the end of munificence and then basically going, okay, every man for That's himself right. <laughs> now. And, you know, this is, this is what leads uh, in part to the dissolution of the empire and the fall of Rome as we know it. Now, as this is sort of uh, going on and, and the public buildings are crumbling because the um, aristocrats aren't uh, repairing them or building new ones and there's private greed right. is taking precedence over the idea that um, you know you are responsible for the state, you're responsible for the city, it is. We've talked about this in our shows over the years. This is one of the ideas of um, going back to the, the polis of ancient Greece, Athens, through, through the Hellenistic period. This idea that you are the state, that the state is a reflection of you, that the state is the higher power that you um, uh, represent. Um, and then we, we, we're seeing this move towards individualism. Fuck mm. that, it's all about me. Christianity was a big part of that. Um, you know, whereas previously with the traditional uh, religions, you, you, you sacrificed to the gods, you worshipped the gods in order that they would protect the city, the right. state. It was a communal. Um, yeah. 
Exactly. Yeah. Now you're praying for personal salvation. Right, your soul. Yeah. And you can, and this and this is just yeah. I'm sorry, and you you can just see the uh, the um, birth of feudalism here. The emperor's 200 kilometers away. I haven't seen an, uh, any of his troops in years, but this local landlord is rich enough to be able to support his own um, guys. And if I give my loyalty or obedience or whatever to him, he says he'll protect me as well. I mean, you can just see it, the beginnings of things like feudalism and loyal, loyalty in a local level because the entire system is breaking down. Yeah, I'm just going to build a, a wall around my house and put turrets in my house and an army in my house. Fuck all y'all. Um, uh, it's time to look after my family. You yeah. know, fuck, fuck y'all. You know, that you, every man for himself. Mm-hmm. Now, now, the emperor announced that anyone who did this would be punished. Anyone who cooperated uh, or allowed Rome to crumble... Hmm. Uh, would be punished. There was a punishment of 50 pounds of gold for a magistrate who let this happen, a flogging and a loss and the loss of both hands for the subordinate of a magistrate. Um, But it didn't really stop them. Um, Rome continued to be pillaged by its own people. Um, Turns out the vandals were not the only vandals. (laughs) And... Of course, speaking of the Vandals, it's now evident to the other Germanic tribes that Rome can't defend itself, ah. that it's weak. And, uh, you know, 50 years, 40 years after the first sacking of Rome by the Goths, the Vandals, also Aryan Germanic Christians, come in in 455 and uh, do it again. And, of course... The Western Roman Empire finally collapses in 476 when uh, a German, Otto Wacher, is removed, uh, sorry, removes the last uh, Roman emperor, Romulus Augustulus, and uh, declares himself king of Italy. But we'll go into that in a lot more detail in future episodes. In the next episode, we're going to get stuck into the life of uh, Augustine of Hippo, A.K.A. St. Augustine. Um, let me see if we've got a review, Ray. Oh, I, nice. didn't, uh, I didn't check for reviews. I'll go write one real quick. <laughs> Just wink or something or, I don't know. Um, no new reviews, so Son fuck all that. Bitches. Shit. Um, you 13 listeners are so- really letting us down. So, uh, yeah, no new reviews uh, for the show this month. Uh, what the fuck? That you don't want a Renaissance best coffee mug? change. Best change. You know, you've got to have the full, gotta have the full collection of Cam and Ray coffee mugs. Mm. Uh, that's not, not acceptable. I'm appalled. <laughs> I'm shocked. Shocked, I tell you, that there's gambling going on in this establishment. The whole set. Just go up. Yes. Yeah, go to iTunes, leave us a fucking review, people. Come on, this is your... Look, the division of labour here is quite simple. <laughs> I do all the work, Ray giggles, you leave reviews and give us your money. That's right. That's the How division hard? of labour here. I thought, I thought that was pretty, pretty fucking clear. And I send out the mugs with or without pee, depending on my mood. So let's get it together. <laughs> all right. 
Well, that's the show for today. Uh, talk to you. Talk to you next week, everybody. Yeah. Better be some fucking reviews by the time I come back, too. That's all I'm going to say about that. Deuces. You hear me? Rawls is giving you up. What did I do? You can't shut your mouth. It's a trap. 